The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and Art Van Furniture and Mattress. And hopefully everybody's having a great evening in Chicago as we bring you Bears All Access in maybe the most unique of ways. This is Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, but we are all in parts crazily all over the world, literally. So I'm coming to you from Holiday, as Dan McNeil always likes to say, in Paris, France, of all places, where it's 1 a.m. And Tom Thayer is 11 hours uh, (laughs) behind me in Maui. Uh, Tom, uh, this is the craziest thing you and I have ever done. It is. It's an amazing process, and I think it's unique. But, you know, it's the way everybody stays involved these days, and no one loses connection. And so as much as you and Jim paid attention to the combine where you were there, I paid attention from to it from this far away. And then we've got Big Jim Miller in Michigan from SiriusXM NFL Radio, moving the chains with Pat Kerwin and the, and the guys. Uh, I know you got some uh, some sly comment ready for me, don't you? I saw an email you sent me today about the, the coronavirus and all that. So what do you got for me, Jim? Just lay it on thick. Hey, Tom, I just hope he paid his cell phone bill to make this entire show. <laughs> I see him You're hooked right up outside that. of a public phone. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks to Wi-Fi technology and the world of apps, uh, somehow we're all together here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. And coming up around 6.08 here, just in moments, we're going to be joined, believe it or not, from Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, where Roy Robertson Harris, the Bears defensive lineman, will join the program. He's going to take some time away from his uh, Bears fan trip with the inside the Bears crew and some other guys. We'll talk about that. Uh, before we get into all that, uh, let's, uh, let's circle back to the combine because you mentioned it, Tom and, and Jim. Uh, you guys can you know, take the ball and run with it here. What's your final takeaway on what you learned from the combine? Uh, you know, there's a lot of speed. There's a lot of, um, you know, different types, of, you know, types of body at the wide receiver position. But I think to me, again, the most impressive thing was the 40 out of the big man. And it wasn't the 4-2 or trying to beat the fastest of all time. When you see a guy at was 6'8", 6'7", 364 pounds, 6'8", 364, in run of 5'140", there's a lot that you can do with that immediately. So when you have a receiver that runs a time that's you know unlike any others or some of the other drills, there's always a time and a growth period that you have to see these guys' potential be put to use. When you have a guy that big, there's multiple positions he can play with that type of athleticism, his bendability. So I'm really excited to see where probably the least exciting position of offensive line, but where it goes throughout his career. I think it's, you know, just to piggyback off that, that the tackles were impressive. This is one of the deepest tackle drafts in a long time. Now the more and more you hear probably six, potentially seven tackles could go in the first round. It's going to push receivers down, uh, I think, is what it's going to do. And, again, you got got guys out there that are just diamonds in the rough. There's some great guys that, you know, we always talk about first-round talent that you're probably going to get in the second round, say other positions because they're not as deep, maybe go a little bit earlier because you know you have depth at wide receivers. So I think some wide receivers are going to be under-drafted in this year's draft. So it's going to be interesting. 
Yeah, you're uh, also talking, Tom, about Louisville's Nakai Becton, correct? Yes. Yes. Six, six, seven, and three eighths, 364 pounds with 36 inch arms and an 83 inch wingspan. Not even the longest wingspan, believe it or not. Matt Pert, a tackle from UConn, 86 and a half inch wingspan. I mean, these guys, these guys are unbelievable. They seem to get bigger, faster, and more interesting every single year. All right, coming up next, one of the big guys on the Bears defensive line. Joined the program, Roy Robertson Harris from Mexico. Next on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you on Bears All Access this week from all over the globe, literally, uh, as we bring in Chicago Bears defensive lineman Roy Robertson-Harris checking in from Cabo in Mexico. Roy, Rob, how's it going, my friend? Going on, man. How you doing? We're doing great. Uh, I don't know if you've been prepped on this at all, Roy, but uh, I'm literally, I'm doing the show right now on a, on a cell phone from Paris, France. Tom Thayer is oh, in wow. Maui. Tom's on the beach in Maui. Jim's just sitting back at home in Michigan, and you're coming to us from Cabo. Uh, the power of technology, how, how wild is this right now? Uh, this is unexpected, but uh, I'm thinking <laughs> we're all in the room when we do the, the main interviews at All Access. <laughs> it is, it is unique, that's for sure. So uh, tell everybody why you're down there in Mexico and uh, who you're with. Uh, so we're doing the um, Apple Vacations with uh, some of our fans. Um, it's myself, Josh Woods, uh, Iggy, and uh, Stephen Denmark, and we're just enjoying our time down here. Um, it's not too hot. It's a little bit breezy, but, you know, we're enjoying the, enjoying the beach, enjoying the food, and enjoying the fans that are down here with us. Hey, Roy, Rob, when does reality set in for you that you have to start preparing for next season? I'm sure you have access to it down there, but when do things get underway in a more, in an everyday process for you? As soon as we're done with Week 17. So well, you get right back into it during the regular season? Right back. I don't really have yeah. too much downtime. This is my downtime right now, so... Uh, once I get back home, once we leave, I'll be I'll be right back into it. Well, Roy, I've always said this: when you play for the Chicago Bears, I just I just don't think you can ever get away with it. Here, you're down there with probably a lot of Bears fans, and that constant reminder, you know, is, is always there, you know, following you when whether it's in the city of Chicago or being even in Cabo and trying to enjoy a vacation. But your mind's always on football, probably because the fans are just as excited about next year as you are. I think some of the I think Chicago Bears fans love Chicago Bears football more than anybody else. Um, I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen any better group of fans than the Chicago Bears fans base. So I, I'm enjoying it. Um, even out here in Mexico, you know, we still we still got a big fan base out here, and you know they they love Chicago Bears football. So it's a it's a good opportunity for them to just be around us and to hang around us, get to know us as people and just enjoying vacation together. Roy Robertson-Harris, Bears defensive lineman, joining the program. I hear on Bears All Access. Thanks to our producers, Brandon Orlowski and St- Adam Staczynski, doing a great job in uh, trying to pull this off here tonight. 
with everybody in uh, all these different areas. Uh, Roy, Rob, on the trip, uh, I know that uh, they have all kind of excursions for you guys. I've been on the trip the past three years, couldn't make it this year. Uh, but uh, anything fun for you uh, on the side of, of just mixing with fans and uh, enjoying the, the opportunity to be there? Yeah, we um, we got to see some dolphins yesterday. Got to swim with the dolphins and uh, got to see some camels. I've never been up close to a camel before or a dolphin, so that was pretty that was pretty exciting. And uh, so yeah, that was that was probably the highlight of the week so far. Um, I know we've got a, a couple more days left until we head back, but I think so far that was the highlight of the week. Hey, Roy, Rob, just uh, kind of another football question, because over the course of the years, you've earned a lot more reps per game, as much as anybody on the team. So a couple years ago when you were uncertain, maybe 10, 12 reps per game to now as much as 40, 45. Has it, how has it changed your frame of mind on, your day of the, on the day of the game when you come to go to work, knowing that there's a lot more expected out of you than two years ago? Yeah, I mean, you know, with more reps, um, you know, I'm getting a lot of I'm I'm getting a lot asked of me, which you know, it's great for me. I get more more opportunity to make plays and um, you know put the team in the best position we can be in and you know get the ball back to the offense. Um, but it's just it's just more opportunity and um, more responsibility to making sure I'm more prepared and. You know, it's it's not a lot of sitting around and oh well, you know, I might get my my five snaps. It was like no, well now I'm in the starting rotation and now I have to you know play at the same level as Akeem and Eddie and making sure I'm holding up my end. Well, three years of experience under your belt now, and I guess what what areas of focus this offseason are you going to focus in on? Maybe when you go back, watch the tape, and say, "Hey, I'd like to do this better, this better." What training wise, what do you think you're going to work on in, in areas that you want to improve the most in your game? Uh, mainly, mainly just uh, keeping my body healthy and uh, you know taking care of myself a little bit better. I think as you as you go along each year, you you kind of learn something new about yourself as a pro. And uh, with me, it's just doing the little things and make make sure that I'm um, keeping myself healthy and, you know, whether it's flexibility stuff or whether it's just, you know, making sure I'm seeing a chiropractor, making sure I'm getting a massage, little things like that, um, you know, because we work so hard and I feel like, you know, we work so hard, we grind and grind and grind and, you know, we kind of forget that we have to make sure that we do rest a little bit or, you know, do the little things that will keep us healthy. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to make sure that I do this off season and uh, take it into the into um, OTAs and into the summer and the training camp season and uh, making sure I'm just staying healthy. Roy Robertson Harris, Bears defensive lineman, joining the program here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jeff, Tom, and Jim with you as well. Roy, the business of football certainly uh, in everybody's mindset when the off season hits, and especially when you're in a in a situation like you are, you're a restricted free agent at the age of 27 and a rising player in this league. Um, Bears obviously, you know, still retain those rights, and y- you never know what's going to happen down the road. But uh, do you do you think about that at all? Or are you just focused on getting yourself right? And then uh, an addendum to that, um, with the NFLPA sending out the ballots this morning for the uh, proposed collective bargaining agreement, you have any thoughts on on how that's uh, looking for you, just from your point of view as as a player? Uh, I'm not. I'm not thinking too much into it right now. Um, obviously, being in Mexico, I'm in vacation mode. But um, 
as far as as far as everything with the contracts, you know, I don't think too much of it. Um, I let my agent handle that. He'll he'll communicate, you know, with me on how everything goes and things um, that I should be prepared for. But um, you know, I'm just I'm just I'm just enjoying the process and just enjoying the fact that I'm in the NFL. I'm not thinking too deep into things with it. And uh, once I know, once I know everybody else will know whether I'm here, whether I'm, you know, going somewhere else, you know, all that stuff will happen, you know, the way it should. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just enjoying the process, that's all. Hey, Roy, Rob, during the course of time, they always talk about how an offense in its second year with the coaches can play a lot faster earlier. Is that the same thing with defense? Because Chuck Pagano knows you guys individually better, and you kind of know what's expect. Well, you kind of got a feeling of what's expected out of him and his style. So it can speed affect the defense as much as we talk about it on offense? I think Chuck – I think Chuck's going to continue to grow just like we are as players. Um, I love Chuck as a coach. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. Um, I think we're going to continue to build off of last year. I think he's going to have more dialed up for us, and he's going to expect more of us as a defense. So I'm definitely excited to see what he has planned for us this year. Um, In terms of the rest of your vacation, what do you got planned left as you you try to enjoy it? Because pretty soon you will be back to work. My friend, and just maybe things that you activities you got planned, or things you want to do with your teammates, like Iggy. I think we just, I think we just hang out. Um, we might, you know, just hang, grab some food, go to the city, grab some tacos, and, and just hang out. You know, enjoy, enjoy each other's company, man. That's all it's about. Hey, Roy, Rob, uh, one last thing from me, and we'll let you go so you can get back to your uh, vacation time there. Uh, you know, you got double A there, so that that is always a fun. <laughs> angle to the whole situation i've seen him at work uh has has coach dundun showed up yet coach dundun is his, <laughs> no, another one of his alter yet. egos we haven't seen we haven't seen anybody except spice we've just seen double a we've seen spice adolescent we haven't seen coach dundun we haven't seen cream biggins we haven't seen nobody else but spice He's oh they're coming himself. that's all oh they're coming right rob they're coming I'm excited to see you. All right. Thank you so much, Roy Rob. Appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of the offseason. Roy Robertson-Harris, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score more of the show coming up after this. This segment of Bears Out Access is brought to you by Old Spice. Never let a friend lose his swagger. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller just heard from Roy Robertson Harris from the Bears Apple Vacation fan trip down uh, in Cabo. Uh, It's always a great trip. You get about Oh, I don't know, 70 to 100 fans uh, join in the festivities and they get to interact with guys. And, and this year, Tom and Jim, uh, Alex Brown uh, was one of the veteran guys uh, at joined the show. So I bet that's a fun little experience as well. And a, another guy to hang out with, with Anthony Adams, uh, star of Inside the Bears with Lawrence Screeden. I guarantee you those two. And then you got Josh Woods. And Tom, we, we've gotten to know Josh. He's a, he's a life of a party type of guy at the practice on the practice field. And uh, don't really know Stephen Denmark very well. And, of course, Joel Yeboniway is uh, one of the nicer guys you're going to find in that locker room. Good dude. So fun, fun, fun trip for everybody. And I think that they get a true appreciation, too, of what Bears fans that want to put their money and go on this trip to just hang out with these guys. You know, they they do a great job. Apple Vacations does a great job. 
Yeah, you know, the Bears fans, they get rewarded because all of those guys have really good, pleasant off-season attitudes. They're very congenial. Josh Woods is a dancer, man. If there's music, he's moving. Um, and so, but, you know, it's kind of like the players are, every one of those guys that you mentioned, you know, they're sitting on the edge of reality. They're getting ready for the next season, always in the back of their mind, like Roy Robertson Harris. Hey, when do you start getting ready for next season? Game 17. So it really never leaves your mind. And, you know, with Denmark and his size and everything, you hope that he advances, you know, takes a big step forward coming into this year, just like EA Booneyway and Josh Woods and the rest of these guys. So you kind of sit on this trip and you, it's like you have a great time with the fans. But, man, that reality of what's going to take place as soon as you get back, it, it's starting to set in. Yeah, it comes quick, man. It's uh, just around the corner. They'll be in the, their off-season programs, going through the uh, the phases of the, of the off-season. First couple, obviously, to to just get in shape and get back in the weight room and all that. And then, lo and behold, you're out there for OTAs, and then there'll be a mini camp, and there's basically it'll be a month away uh, from training camp. So it, it's going to creep up on the players pretty quick. So whatever resting they've done, it's kind of time to get back to work, and the light bulb's going off right now to to do so. And, and let me say this about Roy Rob. Yes, he, he is a restricted free agent. I don't know what the tender will be, uh, but this is a guy that uh, started out obviously not able to play his first year because of an illness. Then he worked his way out of a different position into defensive line. He's, he's really worked hard at it, and I still consider him a rising, developing player at the age of 27. I don't think you can have enough guys in that rotation up front, and certainly a unique body type like his with his length, and, and overall ability to anchor down uh, inside and play a variety of spots up front. You guys agree? Yeah. You know, Jeff, one of the evaluation processes through the career of Roy Robertson Harris, because he is uniquely qualified, he is a big athlete, he's intelligent, he bends well, he is dedicated to being a football player. But now, okay, judgment day for Roy Rob when he's got 14 reps a game. Now judgment day is when you're fatigued at 45 to 55 reps. And that's what you kind of see. Is this player willing to absorb the higher expectations we have for him? And every time he's been fed a little bit more opportunities, he's always capitalized with it. Yeah, just it'll be interesting, the, the tender that the, the Bears play place on him. For fans out there, when Jeff says restricted, that's exactly it. He's restricted. All right, the Bears will put a qualifying offer out there. Is it a, is it a first round tender? Is it a second round tender? Is it a lower round tender? And then teams have the ability outside of the Bears uh, to potentially uh, you know match that offer or or make an offer, I should say. And if the Bears don't match that offer, then they'd get that compensation, that round of compensation for a guy like Roy Robertson Harris. So it'll be interesting to to see what he's valued at and if any teams would be interested in that. All right, let's talk about the, the NFLPA uh, going now with their ballots out to players. So they've got until uh, a week from tonight to uh, get things voted on. They're going to keep it open until next Thursday. Um, going to take some time for the lawyers to look at it and all that and see where it stands. The owners already approved the deal, fellas. Uh, Jim, I'm sure you're talking about it all day today. I've seen on uh, different websites they're taking uh, some straw polling out there and, and seeing what's going on from the players. It seems like the the big money guys are, are putting a no on it for the most part, unless I'm mistaken. And uh, there's a bunch of guys that are looking out for everybody league-wide because there's a greater number of players that don't make that kind of dough that will benefit from this new deal as, as much as we know about it. 
Yeah, it's, and it's going to be more than the 1,900 players that get to vote on it because even though a player may not have played last year, he may still have played union dues. Maybe he was on a team for a couple of games, got released, and still has the right to vote. So they think there's an estimate of up to 2,500 players that could mm-hmm. vote on this. And if that's the case, Jeff, it would lean towards the rank and files numbers would be there in terms of passing this because it just has to be a majority vote. Um, the th- you know, obviously the high price players did not want the 17th game. Uh, there's no doubt about that. There's new uh, things in terms of drug testing and, and things like that that certainly the players have, have fought for, and now a lot of it just seems like it's going to be fines moving forward and not suspensions. But the thing about it is it's 11-year deal is, is what this comes to, and, and it comes down to about the revenue. The player's revenue is going to increase from about 47%, which it sounds like it'll be, you know, have the ability to raise up to about 48, a little over 48.5%. So they get about a percentage and a half increase that could bump a little bit more, which is a lot of money when you're talking about a billion-dollar business. Uh, but, again, I, one, I'm, I'm surprised there's not an out clause in it because that is an 11-year deal. I mean, who knows five years from now, maybe the revenues are different where you go back and reevaluate it. But, unfortunately, those things weren't negotiated in it. And so I think that's where the, the higher-priced players have a, have a problem with it. And But as for rank-and-file players – I don't want to say about the haves and the have-nots, but you would think the majority of those 2,500 players, they would vote yes on this because if there were, you know, if they were to reject it, come back, not get a deal done, have a lockout, I'd be, to me it would be very difficult for those rank-and-file players to basically lose a quarter of their earnings, meaning if an average career is three to four years, so imagine a four-year career and you're locked out and you don't have any uh, earnings or paychecks coming in, you could potentially lose uh, really a quarter of your career as an NFL player, your earnings, so one year uh, potentially. So I think a lot of the rank-and-file members, and it seems like that's what everybody's leaning towards, that this will pass, it will get ratified, but we'll see where it goes. And we'll see you know, if all the players vote and uh, are as interested in, the, in their livelihood as uh, what we think they are. You know, one thing about this, I, I did I see on the paper or on the TV correctly? That's a 460 or 456 page booklet of information yes. that they sent out to these players, Jim. Yeah. So, you know, rank and file or top tier guys, how many of the guys are realistically going to read this thing page for page? And then when they're taking the advice from their advisor, is it an advisor that has the advisor's best interest at hand, or is it the advisor has the best player's interest at hand? So, you know, I, I think, yeah, the vote is yes or no, but the amount of information they sent to every one of these guys is, is pretty overwhelming. Yeah, well, it, you know, a lot of those players are probably right. A lot of players probably won't read it. They'll turn it over to their advisor and uh, – you know, and the advisor is supposed to do what's in the best interest of the player. And if you're a player making league minimum, you're, you're, you know, your salary is going to increase substantially. Like, you know, for some guys, it's going to be over $100,000. And then you factor in a 17th game that originally was going to be capped at 250000 for that 17th week game. There's been some changes for that. So if an advisor is advising his client, for a rank-and-file player making minimum what is league minimum in the NFL and you've got a huge salary increase in terms of $100,000, I think the advisor is going to say, for you at this point in time, this would be a yes vote 
for you because it's is benefiting you as a player moving forward. And probably a lot of the high salary guys, why they've come out and been so vocal, um, they are against it. Um, so I would think, but majority of players, this will help the rank and file players and increase their salaries. Guys, you know what? Uh, the, the great point is about the agents, and and with all due respect to the agents, you know what they're saying to their players at all levels is really a key component here that the average fan probably doesn't realize. And if they do, you know, the selfish aspect of it, from a business point of view, you know, the money's buried in those big name guys. And so it'll be interesting to see afterwards when this all comes out, how how the agents do really feel about it. We'll pick it up on the other side of this commercial break. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access Bears is, brought, All to Access is brought to you by CW. CW. Probably you'll get it. Probably Learn more at CW.com. Jeff Joniak along with Tom yeah, Thayer with Tom and, Jim and Jim Miller bringing you Bears All Access from parts all over the world tonight. Paris, France, Maui, Michigan, Michigan. and Cabo San Lucas where we had Roy Robertson Harris calling in for the program on the Bears Apple vacation trip. So fun night indeed. Uh, a very interesting conversation as well as we get into the NFL Players Association and the balloting going on. Uh, Jim and Tom, got a couple questions for you about that. Did you guys vote every time you did have a document in front of you as players? Did you guys always have a vote, uh, and did you take that vote, or were there times you just didn't do it? Well, you know, we went through the strike in 1987, so we had – a lot of things that, you know, factored in and trying to get an organized plan of attack, getting ready for the collective bargaining agreement that we are striking for. But you didn't have the means of communication that they had today. So I think there was a lot more confusion in the translation of information that went across the football league. And I don't think as much as we wanted to think we had solidarity, we did, we did not have it when it really came to the most meaningful moment in negotiations. So, it, it, you know, your individual vote is going to factor, like Jim says, the rank and file will probably help make this decision because the, the big money guys are closer to the end of their career than the beginning of their career. So... Um, is something as, as serious as this? Yes, you have to pay attention to it. You have to get the information. You have to digest it. And you have to make the the vote that you feel is right for you. Yeah. Now I came yeah, into the I league after the league Tom after and, uh, and uh, players, uh, players like himself, like himself that, that you know basically you know, fought and did all the things. And I came under the first collective bargaining agreement in the National Football League. At that point, Gene Upshaw was our uh, NFLPA, say, executive director, much like how DeMora Smith is today. And Gene Upshaw was very adamant. He would come to the team. And I remember sitting there with the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, veterans like Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green, and they were giving Gene Upshaw the, the riot act. And that was my introduction uh, to labor relations in the National Football League. And there were some arguments uh, that happened in that meeting, and it turned out to be one of the best deals in National Football League history in terms of labor law. Because Gene Upshaw at that point, when he had worked hand-in-hand uh, hand basically with uh, the NFL commissioner, um, at that point Paul Tagliabue, who's now a Hall of Famer, they actually worked well together. And they got a lot of stuff done behind closed doors. There wasn't the animosity 
uh, that has happened really up until this last collective bargaining agreement. Because back in 2011, when the, the the CBA was passed again for the 10 years, which is coming to a conclusion and why they're voting again, there was a lot of animosity. And I thought uh, DeMore Smith uh, really attacked it the wrong way. You don't say we're going to war when you're trying to negotiate with your partner. What's the war about? You know what I mean? You're just you're trying to better the the improvement of the overall National Football League and its workers. And Gene Upshaw turned out that was a bad deal back in 2011. Granted, the players got more money, but their revenue sharing went from 71% down to 47%. It's one of the worst deals in sports history, if you want to be exact. And so players have done it again in terms of negotiating and doing all these things. I don't like personally certain things about this deal because they don't know 11 years from now they don't even know what these new broadcasting contracts are going to be they're billions of dollars so to me i would have had to opt out minimum halfway through it where you can reevaluate it in five years time and maybe for the fairness of it but those things obviously didn't come up in, in negotiations but gene upshaw it turns out did a very fine job uh as a the executive director uh, and the players since then, uh, they've given them more ownership. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I personally wouldn't want a player who doesn't have a degree in negotiating, going there working, uh, negotiating with owners who own companies and what the, it's what they do for a living. Um, so I personally would want somebody versed in labor law and in negotiation or, matter of fact, maybe a, a former general manager that knows where the areas of to attack against NFL owners. So we'll see how it turns out. The The salary cap has increased every year. There are other revenue streams that have made it beneficial for players, and that's why the salary cap has gone up every year. But as you mentioned, overall for players, you see contracts increasing at an incremental rate. Uh, so you see quarterbacks now, franchise tags going up and all those things. So the growth of the game is tremendous. But in terms of fairness of the deal, I still don't think it's quite equitable in why other things could have been fought for uh, through this deal. But Gene Upshaw did a did a pretty good, good job, better than what people think. Yeah, we could talk about this for a long time. There's a many different opinions about it. Uh, I have my own as well, but uh, it's just a, a long process to get into all that. Uh, let's touch on the substance abuse policy because mm. that's been leaked out today. Uh, fellas, how do you feel about it? Because... In, in this deal, as we understand it, it removes all suspensions for positive uh, drug tests. Instead, they'll be subject to fines only for a positive drug test, and that's incremental if you were a, a repeat violator. Uh, Tom, hey, you go Jeff, first. No, I, I, I just I wanted to interrupt because when you said before that you have opinions of your own about the collective bargaining agreement and the negotiations, so you are a third party. What are your thoughts? Well, I'd be you interested know, just, to hear it, that. It, it's it's more about the the fair. I, I'm I'm a believer then that um, these these owners this is their business. This is something they've they've created. In many cases, uh, this has been their only business is football. And you know they have a right to make as much money as they could possibly make if they want. And I just think the way the salaries have gone. Uh, the one thing I would like to see in this in this deal. And that is, I don't know if it's ever going to be possible, but it would be to have insurance coverage for all players that have played the game. And maybe you segment it in a different way, you know, for the for the bulk of their, you know, post-career lives. And I don't know, you guys would probably feel strongly about that, too. I think that's 
that's a tough one, but uh, I think that's something that would be really beneficial to all these guys. I agree. I'd rather have health insurance than more money added to the pension because I think ultimately the money they want to add would be more beneficial for the vested veterans or the older guys that go through the league to have some type of, um, you know, health assurances. Yeah, that is supposed to be in this collective bargaining agreement. I haven't read the 456 pages. i got to get my hands on the document, but that will happen for older players, that there will be increase in pensions and things of that nature, and it it'll, will touch into the medical uh, as well. But, you know, it's... It's interesting, Jeff, because and Tom, because when you when you look at this this deal again, I think for the rank and file players, it's definitely going to benefit. But when you yeah. you know that's kind of the players, everybody asking, well, who has the leverage? Who has the leverage? Of course, the players have leverage. The owners have to negotiate with the broadcast networks, and that is where the the billions of dollars and where it can you know go to where that'll increase everything. For everybody, the players, the owners, everybody. And the owners obviously want this collective bargaining done so they can go, agreement done, so they can go to the network and say, look, we've got labor peace. We're here for 11 more years. You know, there's, yeah. there's not going to be a problem here. And they believe that will increase the revenues and they'll get the best deal possible. Um, but certainly from a player's standpoint, like I said, when you lock into a deal that long, you don't know five years from now what is going to increase where other revenue streams are going to come from, where maybe you go back and have an opt-out halfway through the deal, whether it's five years uh, from now, and say, you want what? Let's let's reevaluate this deal, and where is it unequitable and readdress what about, it? I don't think that is in this CBA. It goes 11 years. 11 years. What, That's just, a long could, time, and a lot of things can change in 11 years, specifically, say, on the gambling side of it, now that it's legal. Hey, hey guys, just quickly weigh in on the – the substance abuse policy is as you hear it you know it's kind of a tricky situation jeff because they have um state the teams have uh, teams are in states that are legal and so i don't know um you know what you can do to these to the players to you know monitor these guys 24 hours a day seven days a week because in the process of when they test you for drugs of abuse, it's they test you one time during the course of the year. You're notified far enough in advance. If you don't have that type of self-control, you're probably going to limit the length of your career anyway. So a lot of it, a lot of players make their own decisions, whether they don't work out enough in the offseason or they socialize and party too much in the off season. You know, those are going to be deciding factors in the length of a lot of their careers. Yeah, and it, it just seems like the NFL, even how it's always been, they don't look at any drug use that it's a competitive advantage. Does it provide you a competitive advantage on the field? It only, you're really, you're only hindering yourself as a player is how you look at it. So now there's going to be fines involved in this, not suspensions, but if players are still repeat offenders, Boy, they're going to be playing for free. They're just not being suspended. They're going to be allowed to play, but they're going to be playing for free with the fines that are installed. It definitely is an interesting development in the CBA negotiations. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about free agency just about 10 or 11 days away, or 13 days away when it really starts with a new league year. We'll get into that and how it impacts the Bears. We'll talk positions of interest, and we'll talk uh, about the combine and the impact of what the Bears need in certain areas of the football team if the strength is in numbers from what you're seeing in the NFL draft list of players. This is Bears All Access with Tom Thayer. 
Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to the final segment of the program tonight. Bears All Access and the real stars of the show are Brandon Orlowski and Adam Stadzinski with help from Shane Reardon setting this all up. I mean, uh, Tom, Paris, France, Maui, Michigan, and Cabo all on one show, not even looking at each other. How are we pulling this off? It depends who ate the best today. Kind of sounds like you in Paris, France, with a little croissants and some of the good food that you get around there. Probably you, Big Jeff. What What in the morning? He's still got time to go out for a nightcap. What's up with that? <laughs> hey, it is the city of lights, baby. They're not turning them off anytime soon. Yeah, uh, no question about it, Jim. I'm on vacation. I can do whatever. Time well, is of no consequence. Good for you. Enjoy it, my friend. Yeah, no, it'll be fun. Um, Let's talk about uh, how this uh, offseason plan is starting to materialize for the Bears. Let's start with free agency because that comes first. Now we got an idea of what we're looking at in terms of the draft. Uh, all the pro workouts are getting underway. You're hearing the stories. You're hearing about all the timings and all that and where guys are moving up and down. The, in my opinion, Jim and, and Tom, they don't really move up and down. They're just now maybe getting talked about more because the word's getting out, but teams know about all these guys. They're just getting reconfirmed on what they're – their numbers are going to be, but they watch the tape, and the tape tells the story. But free agency is a different animal. Uh, you got to deal with the math, you got to deal with the agents, and you got to deal with can this guy, no matter what his skill set is that we think fits, can he fit in my locker room? Uh, what are you looking at position wise and the types of guys that would fit to be Bears? Uh, at the safety position last year in free agency, and you were looking at HaHa Clinton Dix. You weren't looking at a part-time player. You were looking for a full-time starter. So I think when you're investigating this talent in terms of what the Bears need per position, look at, look at what they're capable of doing. If you have a, a part-time free agent, don't expect him to be a full-time performer. So when you go out there and you look at these players – understand their track record a little bit and what they're either developing into or where they're at in the position of their career and how productive they can be. Yeah, some interesting safeties coming out in the draft. I thought HaHa did have a fine year last year, and maybe that is a player the Bears want to bring back. I mean, currently have a little over $24 million and probably could do that. And, you know, as for the linebackers, you got to believe, you know, you can probably bring back one, but not both when you look at Danny Trevathan and Nick Kwiatkowski. You know, obviously Nick uh, wants to test the free agent waters and was a drafted player, has played well. You certainly want to reward and and keep the guys that you've invested in, and, and he certainly has earned it. Um, but I don't think that they could play both. And they've they got some speedy inside linebackers in this year's draft. You know, you got guys that, you know, probably are going to go high like Patrick Queen out of LSU. But there's other guys, Kenneth Murray, and inside backers that fit the bill, like a, a Nick Kwiatkowski, where they could fill that weak inside role uh, for the Chicago Bears. So, again, I just think it's how it fits, the character of it, and the dollars and cents. But I, I don't think they can address them all or resign all those players that have played well in Chicago's Bears defense defensively. In terms of what you guys project the needs to be, offensively or defensively, where would you want to spend your money? I'm not asking you to pick the player, but I'm asking you where you want to spend your money. Free agent tight end, definitely, for me. I mean, you, you need more production at that position and a guy who can step in and play and, and play well. And, again, I, you know, certainly we, we've talked about Austin Hooper at a fine year. 
uh, down down there for the Atlanta Falcons. You know, can he be a guy that the Bears can sign for a reasonable amount? Uh, certainly, he's going to want good money because he's coming off a great year or other guys who could potentially be out there and be available hearing that obviously Jimmy Graham could be released by the Green Bay Packers and the Bears will do all their due diligence on all these players. It's light in the draft for the tight end position, but clearly I think that is an area of need. It has to get better. They have to have more production out of that position. And so I think that was a position that will be addressed. I'm, I'm with you, Jim. You know, specifically, I want a line of scrimmage tight end because when you look at uh, Trey Burton, and I do think he's going to come back and, and, you know, be hopefully what, what was expected of him. But when you look at the template of Trey Burton, you have other guys on the team with those types of assets, whether Cordero Patterson, Javon Wims, and that type of body size. But uniquely, when you're talking about a tight end that can absorb the abuse of an offensive lineman but still help you out in the red zone, you know, I, I would like to go and identify that guy, and I'm almost looking at him at a blocker first and a receiver second. And we'll see what Demetrius Harris can bring. He's got familiarity. We've talked to him, so maybe he can be one of those guys that step in and, and increase the production at that spot. I'm a guy that goes uh, at the line of scrimmage, and you're never going to go wrong, whether that's uh, defense or offense. So I wouldn't mind spending some of that money on the offensive line, and, and you know you're going to have to – probably invest in a free agent quarterback at some level how much is is the question and all that that'll sort itself out but you know i'm are you okay if it's it's to address the offensive line yeah i mean i jeff i'm kind of like you you go through the mentality where you can never be too good on the offense and defensive line and last year when the bears were cursed with the injury to akeem hicks i think that was really you know tough a hurdle to overcome to get his type of play, the concern for him by the team's offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. So I, I'm, I am with you in, in that respects. But, you know, too, is you got to solidify that safety position. And whether it's through the draft or for, for, through, free agents, through free agency, they need, you know, that, they need that, um, that voice back there that can work well with Eddie Jackson. Yeah, they get, you know, for the interior of the offensive line, certainly there's some needs there, and I think there'll be some quality guys out there that you don't have to really break the bank for. And recently today you saw some tackles that have been released. They're elder statesmen that have, uh, you know, now getting an opportunity to go out there in the free agent waters. Jason Peters, certainly he's up there in age, 38 years old. Jared Valdir, he's only 32. Shoot, he was in a backup role last year for the Green Bay Packers. Ended up starting in two games uh, the final year. So I I don't think, you know, a a guy like him who comes with a lot of starts really is going to command a lot of money out there on the open market. And so I think the Bears could land a couple veterans there in that backup capacity role and guys that could step in and play. Also, Trent Williams, uh, apparently been, reportedly anyway, uh, given the green light to seek a trade. That's a, a tough situation there in, in Washington after holding out all last season uh, because of uh, disagreements on his medical issues. And But he's, he's only 31. Jason Peters turning 38 in January. Uh, one of the best to ever play the game at that position, and uh, it looks like it's over in, in Philadelphia unless they sign him uh, if he doesn't land anything and bring him back at a cheaper rate after 11 years there and nine times a pro bowler uh, from a former tight end that came into the NFL with the Buffalo Bills. That's one of the best stories in the league, you know, when you think about it. That guy's going to the Hall of Fame after starting out as a tight end and becoming a dominant left tackle. 
look at the story on the Bears' website about Andy Andy Heck. There's a former college tight end, and you start seeing these guys. Last year we were introduced to the son of Metcalf, former offensive lineman for the Bears. Now his son goes in the draft, and now you got Andy Heck out there, former Chicago Bear, and his son's going in the draft. So, you know, that lineage is is played well out for, for some of these guys that, you know, have the his, the bloodline in their family. And we're in the uh, second year of Chuck Pagano's defense, so if you're looking at things in terms of what to keep that defense strong and, and, and keep it that way, because you got, in my opinion, you also got to keep a, a strength of strength, and that is the Bears' defense until proven otherwise by the offense. Keep a strength of strength. So even if it's not big money pieces, but just pieces that get into the rotation that will impact uh, the level of play. Yes, there there is a need to get another starter at safety, or maybe it's an in-house guy that's ready to make his move. Maybe it's Deion Bush. Maybe it's uh, it's going to be something like that. But you want to keep a strength to strength. So these guys, presumably, as you inferred, Tom, are going to play faster in the second year with Chuck Pagano. Now, he knows these guys better. The defensive staff is, is intact, so they know each other very well. I, I'm looking for a... a a reboot and a, and a healthy return of uh, the key parts, obviously with Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith at the center of it, in the middle of that defense, making things very strong again. I'd like to see him be creative. I think Green Bay was a little bit more creative up front and took a lot of teams by surprise. When you look at the Bears' talent, including Akeem, Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, the Bears should equal that creativeness up front. And I think more accountability on offense. Stay on the field. That'll help out keeping a defense healthy all year long. You're right about that. Well, fellas, thanks and uh, appreciate you bearing with us as we uh, bring you this show from all over the world. Uh, you guys have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week. Monday. All right, Big Tom. Tom's and Molly, Jim Miller in Michigan with Sirius XM NFL Radio. Check him out on Moving the Chains with Pat Kerwin. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks again to Roy Robertson-Harris checking in for the Bears fan trip in Cabo in Mexico, along with Alex Brown, Josh Woods, and the fellas, and the producers, Brandon Arlowski and Adam Stazinski. That'll do it for us. Have a great night. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.